What's going on? Welcome back to another episode of the Mouth of the South podcast. I am your host, Darian Gray, and as the title may suggest, I am the Mouth of the South. Let's go ahead and kick this off, man. I got good news. I got bad news. I got good news. I got bad news. Uh, and I think I might have more good news than bad news. I'm trying to think which one I want to start off with. And, and they say you should always get the bad news out so you can cheer them up with the good news. So the bad news is I'm going to start off with the quote of the week. I love doing the quote of the week, but what the quote of the week is, is terrible. It's a, it's a absolutely horrendous quote. And I've, I've done this quote of the week for a while. This is by far my least favorite one to come on here and say. But this came from our head coach, our leader himself. I like the guys we have at receiver, or I like our receiver room, or I like our receivers. However he said it, you know what I'm talking about. Guys... In a big game, because you could really say that this was, I think I seen, uh, I believe it was Nick Underhill. And if it wasn't Nick Underhill, forgive me if you're listening and you heard me, I'm sorry. I, take your credit. But they were talking about how this game could really be a drawing a line in the sand amongst the different ranks of, L, of, of NFC guys. So you got the Rams, you got the, the Cardinals, the Cowboys, the Packers, you got those teams. They're up there. They only have one loss. The Saints have two. One loss or none in the case of the uh, Cardinals. The Saints are at two. You go to three, you're right there with the Panthers and the Vikings, and you're there with those guys now. So let me tell you the quote of the week. We like our receivers. Now listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. The Saints just walked out. Kevin White and Lil Jordan Humphrey in meaningful snaps on Monday night football. And yes, I understand Lil Jordan wasn't supposed to play, but you know who would have played if it wasn't Lil Jordan Humphrey? Chris Hogan, who was two hours removed from his last lacrosse game when the Saints decided to sign him to a contract and bring him into training camp. That's who has walked out there for the Saints. Lil Jordan, Kevin White, and Chris Hogan. Come on, guys. We have to do better. And I understand Michael Thomas, Deontay Harris was out. I get it. But Kevin White and Lil Jordan Humphrey played meaningful, significant snaps for the New Orleans Saints today at wide receiver. I'm talking about fourth quarter. You need to go get some points. And I had to look at Number 17 and 84 on the field. Adam Troutman had his best game today. But he also probably had his biggest mistake with a costly fumble. The defense was required to be very, very, very good. And I didn't just say very three times on accident. The Saints were required to be that good on defense. Did it take a, a, a couple of favorable plays and two missed field goals yes it did but I'll get to why one wasn't favorable one was the product of good defense one was the other one he missed it that was good it felt good to see another kicker miss a field goal not gonna lie to you but I will not go and if I were you I wouldn't do it either no one asked for my two cents but you clicked on the podcast so I'm gonna assume that you'll you'll receive it openly if I were you I would never, for the rest of the season until Michael Thomas comes back, go into the game 
expecting much out of the offense. The Saints are so devoid of talent at wide receiver that I can never feel comfortable. Yes, you have an Alvin Kamara in the backfield. And yes, I have seen them put up points on multiple opponents. And I'm not sitting here telling you that they can't do it with these guys that they have here, but I'm telling you it's really hard. And you should not go in feeling comfortable or feeling confident that it's going to happen. They just went against the Seattle Seahawks. And I think it was it was uh, Brian Greasy. It was Greasy, man. And he said this game kind of played out how we thought it was. Defense. Now, either Greasy is a liar and went on national TV and just lied to the public. Or that is how lowly he thinks of our offense. That you thought that the Seattle Seahawks, one of the worst pass defenses, one of the worst rush defenses in the league, was going to have a defensive game. I understand the Saints. The Saints, are they have a great defense. But the Seattle Seahawks, you expected that? I called the man a liar. But after remembering that, we walked out Kevin White and Lil Jordan Humphrey for meaningful, significant snaps in the fourth quarter of a game that we really did need to win. I kind of get where Greasy was coming from. I should have expected a defensive game as well. It's disappointing. The run game wasn't effective because, I don't know, you just could not get push on the offensive line. I'll watch it back and see more specifics of what's going on, but they just struggled to get pushed. And it was kind of disappointing for a game where you're looking at it and saying, well, you're getting your offensive lineman back. Well, we can go out there and dominate. But they just simply did not. At least in the running game, they did not impose their will. And I thought it was going to be a good game because in the very first snap, Pete came out strong. Pete came out with a great release, and he came out aggressive. Now, granted, he got hurt, and I jokingly, sarcastically tweeted out, shout out to Pete for waiting until everybody else got back to get hurt. I ain't mean it like that. You know, I'm being sarcastic. I'm just, but seriously, you can't have your full, your full offensive line out there because as soon as you get the two guys you're missing back, well, now Pete wants to go and get hurt. But I am glad that he didn't get hurt when the two were gone because I don't know how the Saints would have overcame that. But the Saints couldn't get the offense going or the running going on the offensive side of the ball. But Alvin Kamara was Alvin Kamara through the, through the air. And I said it. You might shut down AK through the run. You might shut AK down through the air. But you're not going to do both. It's very unlikely. It's very difficult to do. And I just didn't expect it to happen. And it didn't happen. Um, I usually don't do these post-game podcasts. It's just not really what I want to do. You know? Because I like taking a second. I like typing up my little notes and whatnot. That's what I enjoy to do. But sometimes it just speaks to you. And if you've been riding with me for a while, thank you. And you might remember this. And, and, and it's, it's almost weird how similar these situations are. The Saints hit a primetime game, Monday night football game. They win the game. Don't really like how they won the game. It was closer than I think it should have been. I come on here and I have a emotional podcast. That sounds just like tonight. But what I was talking about was the Los Angeles Chargers game last year. That's when the whole 
Marshawn getting targeted. And I'm trust me, I'm about to get to Marshawn getting targeted in this game. Not in the negative sense. Not on Marshawn's side, at least. But that was that game against the Chargers. And I blew up talking about Marshawn getting targeted as your number one receiver. That's, it was that game. But here's the thing, guys. Is that game was going into a bye week? This game is coming off of a bye week. Both games were, I believe that was a road game. So I think both games were road games. No, that wasn't a road game. Sorry, that was in the Dome. But both, both games were on Monday night football. And they just should not have been as close as they were. I thought that this was a game to get the, the offense going, get the passing attack going. This might have been one of their worst displays of, 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 of offense and on, on a passing side. I don't want to say it's one of the worst because AK played. But, okay, from the wide receiver position specifically, this is one of their worst performances all year. I thought this was going to be a get-right game that you can carry momentum. You're not going to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing like that. They say don't look ahead. Well, the game's over now. It's week eight. I can go in here <laughs> and I can look at the opponent now. And it's, it's disappointing. It's disappointing, man. But this is what it reminds me of. Because after that game, I came and I did an emotional podcast. And I don't even want to say emotional. That was emotional. This one's not going to be as emotional. This one is just, I feel compelled to speak. I feel like I need to say something right now. So I said, you know what, man, sit the podcast. I mean, uh, sit the laptop down. We're about to do the podcast. And I, I did my little bullet point. So I got bullet points so I know what to hit. Because when I be talking and I be having, you know, compelled and just spitting it off the, off the top of my head, so to speak, in a way. Sometimes I forget to bring stuff up, and I don't want to forget to bring anything up. Not that I want to talk about. So now let's get into the pass rush. In that timely pass rush, the Saints have had eight sacks all year. They had five in this game. And it's not even about the fact that they got sacks. It's about the fact of how they got those sacks. Not even a scheme when they got those sacks. There we go. It's more so about when they got those sacks. They have five sacks. Two came on the last drive. I want to talk about that, that Malcolm Jenkins one because that was a great play. That was a great play design, and that was a great execution by Malcolm Jenkins because in a, in a, in a game where they called Marcus Davenport for roughing the passer for just scraping past the shoulder pad of Geno Smith, he came in there and he hugged Geno and brought him down. There's no room for roughing the passer on a sack like that. wasn't a big hit. It got the job done. And there wasn't even any moment of, is Gino going to get out? It was a nice, sound tackle, nice hug. Said, hey, man, I love you. I love you. I, I, I love the fact that, that the black quarterback out here hooping, you know what I mean? But if you don't mind, I'm going to have this sack real quick. I'm going to bring you down real quick. That's okay. And then on the next play, DeMario followed it up with a sack. And on the next play, DeMario, ah, I wish you would have caught the pick. Because he had a fantastic game. And that would have been a fantastic cap to a phenomenal game. To just get that interception to, to ice, the, ice the whole game, man. He deserved that. I'm sad that he didn't get it. But he deserved that interception. I wish he would have got it. I really do. Because that would have made, that would have made his game truthfully lights out. I think that would have made his game lights out. Because 
when you look at what he was or how he played today, and you look at everything that he put out there, he put his heart and soul at a point. You saw him turn it up. I watched him click and turn it up. DeMario Davis had 10 tackles today. Four of those tackles for tackle for a loss. Two sacks and a pass deflection. My fantasy thanks you, DeMario. My fantasy thanks you. I already had the game wrapped up, but sometimes you just got to let somebody know. What Cole say, sometimes you got to walk up and do it in his face so you, he can know that he can never do it like you do it. Sometimes you just got to do that. So I appreciate you, DeMario, and my fantasy team does as well, Southern Bread. All right, we're trying, we trying to get that ring for the second year in a row. For the second year in a row, you understand? That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're trying to do. But we're talking about the Saints right now. We're talking about the Saints right now. Focus. Focus, Darian. <laughs> These sacks, they were very timely. When I mentioned that sack that led to a – but basically on those two, on those two, excuse me, those two sacks at the last drive of the game, because I kind of went on my tangent about DeMario – I like the, the play design to crash Davenport in on Jenkins' sack. And then DeMario just showed the heart and the, and the hunger that when I say he turned it up, you saw that on that play when he tripped Geno Smith and led to a fourth and 29. Now, it's not impossible to get a fourth and 29, but it's really freaking hard. Those sacks were timely. In a time when you needed, you couldn't allow any points, so it's overtime. Another one of those, when I was talking earlier about a missed field goal and what led to it, that was a Tano Passanio sack. That was one of their uh, their first sacks of the game. I think that was actually number three. Uh, you, you see it. He had an 11-yard sack, and it was a fumble. Unfortunately, the Saints couldn't get it, but the Saints forced a they – had, the Saints had an 11-yard sack, and it led to a 52-yard field goal to which the kicker missed. Once again, fantastic to watch a kicker miss and not be affected by it. Felt great, but – and then you had one by Cam as well. You had one by Cam. And I know that's not a great situation, but Cam got his first sack of the year. So everybody's been making fun of him. Everybody's been giving him a hard time. I'm part of the hard time committee. I'm not part of the making fun of him, but I am giving him an extremely hard time, deservedly so, about his lack of sack numbers, his lack of production getting sacks. He's gotten pressure. He's gotten quarterback hits. To me, he hasn't had that many meaningful pass rush snaps. Or pass rush wins. He hasn't had meaningful ones. But today he got a sack. And he had a meaningful pressure to me. And yes, you can get sacks. You can get, or you can get pressures. You can get hits. But it's like, if it's not a sack, how meaningful, how impactful was that play? How impactful was your pressure? Were you just close? But he got it off easily? You know, were you about two steps late and you, you, you were able to hit him after you released the ball? This was a meaningful pressure in a, in a sack. So love and kudos to him. When you look at that pass rush, if I have to pick something, I would say you still want more production from that defensive line, particularly in the interior, but you're getting on your mata back. You are getting on your mata back. Your, your, your best defensive lineman is returning. But you would still kind of want a little bit more out of that. Uh, Davenport had a couple of really good plays, a lot of really good pressures. His bull rush is just as good as it was in the preseason. But you look at the, the five sacks, three of them were by DeMario Davis and Malcolm Jenkins. So you kind of, if I was looking for something to pick at, and I'm sorry if y'all didn't want me to pick at that, but if I'm looking for something to pick at, it's probably the fact of, okay, 
you're getting pressure with those other rushers. But let's try to get some of our four-down linemen involved more. Cam got his first sack of the year. Passing yo got another sack on the year. Um, but let's try to let's try to get Davenport another sack. Let's when Peyton Turner comes back, let's try to get him some sacks. Let's try to get somebody in the interior some sacks. Let's try to get him some pressure. You know, those are the type of things that it's a good thing because it was timely and it worked out in the Saints' favor and actually led to swinging the game. Because you look at it, one one more field goal, that's an overtime game. Two more field goals, that's a loss. So I I, I want to give a, a, a special kudos, but it's kind of like, okay, you're good, now let's add on to it. Let's let's try to get better. Let's try to get better. Let's continue it out. Um, another thing, because they didn't get that first sack to the third quarter, and then after that they turned it on. But another thing, and this is this is kind of one that kind of makes me mad. Uh, there's a lot of differences between DK Metcalf and myself. I'm not quite six foot. I'm not six foot. I'm, I wouldn't even say I'm not quite six foot. I'm not six foot. I'm not a tank. I'm not built like a tank. But there's one similarity that we have. We both go to the gym. But you could be wondering, what does that matter? Because there's a difference in our approach to the gym. I'm not going to give you my whole workout regimen or anything. But I will say this. I do triceps on Friday. That's my day to do triceps. I work my triceps on Friday. DK Metcalf apparently works his triceps on Monday night football when he has an offensive pass interference with a, with a tricep pushdown on Marshawn Lattimore to get his one or half of his catch total. He had one catch for 84 yards basically the whole game. Then he got another catch for 14 later on. But for basically the entirety of the game, he got an 84-yard touchdown in that sit. He was on hush. Where were you at after that? Where did you go after that? And he only got that touchdown because he chose to do triceps on a Monday. Yeah, I do triceps on Friday. He does triceps on Monday. Get it how you live. But that tricep extension, that pushdown that he just did, that's what led to that touchdown. That was offensive pass interference. Marshawn Lattimore has not let up a touchdown in this game. The, the NFL referees did that. And here's what it really goes to. The NFL referees allowed DK Metcalf to play a certain way the whole game. Or at least through the first half. They stopped showing it because I, I didn't want to keep seeing it. But the first play of the game, he, he, he just takes a step and punches Lattimore in the face. That's the first thing he does in the whole game. And they're talking about the mental warfare and the fact of Lattimore, Lattimore is losing the mental side. He got punched in the face the first game. I mean, the first play of the game. It's not even about, oh, I allowed a touchdown and now I can't shake back. It's not even about that. It's about the fact that, hey, man, this dude, this dude is, they say he's playing between the whistles. DeMario doesn't think so. We'll get into that when, uh, when later in the game, right? actually right after this. But he's taking cheap shots. I don't know if it's between the whistle or not, but he's taking cheap shots. It's clear. And Lattimore got caught for, for really retaliating. Lattimore never started nothing, but he got caught for retaliating. We know it's always the second man that gets caught. But if I was Sean Payton, I'm immediately in the ref's ear like, hey, watch what DK's doing. Watch what DK's doing. Lattimore's not just up and getting mad and getting at this guy. I'm, I'm sorry. He ain't getting beat. Enough to be doing that. He isn't. One catch, 84 yards, tricep extension, offensive pass interference. Remember that. He ain't doing nothing else the whole game. 
and I'm, I'm glad that the announcers finally mentioned it, that DK's doing all of this, but he's not executing on the field. So who is he really helping? Is he really helping himself or is he taking himself out of the game as well? I said DK came in here with something to prove. I guess he wanted to prove that Shannon Sharp ain't the only little boy in this world. Because that's what he calls Shannon Sharp. Remember I said that on my last podcast? He told, he, 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 he told Shannon Sharp, don't say nothing about me, little boy. What? Shannon Sharp. He said some other stuff, some more blasphemous stuff. I said he must have been smoking that stuff. But he said some more, some more, some more wild stuff, man. And he came in, he, he, I guess he felt like he was a bully off that Twitter stuff. He wanted to be a bully here. And that's cool. That bully got locked down. Straight up. He got locked down. They tried to show this thing where the Saints adjusted their coverage and started doubling. Made, they played more too high. Yeah, they played some more too high. But Lattimore had him clamped up by himself on that rep they showed. And it, and it really aggravated me. I've been upset from the from the moment the game started. And you could probably hear it in my voice a little bit now. But I, I, I am frustrated because it wasn't just DK. And he did this multiple times. He took multiple cheap shots. Cheap shots and, and Lattimore got caught retaliating twice. I knew he was kind of out of his head when he kind of yanked the, the ref's hands off of him. Don't do that. That'll get you kicked out. That'll get you kicked out. Don't, don't do that. I know, I know you're trying to say you're good, but don't do that. And then he was also talking to the Seattle bench right before a play. I knew he was kind of out of it, but he did his job, and that's what's important. Because outside of that, that, that yardage, they ain't do nothing. Geno Smith had all of 167 yards. You take away that 84-yard catch, he doesn't even hit 90. He's at 83 yards on the day. Lattimore did his, did his job. Debo did his job. I think they missed a, a, a chance for a big play, but that was a perfect pass by Geno Smith to Tyler Lockett. He just didn't catch it. Adebo was in great position. But let's stick to the to the uh, everybody getting mad. Traquan Smith got mad. Not just at Jameis, but he got mad in the game because people were talking. Gerald Everett had a, had a play where it was like five Saints around him. Malcolm Jenkins seemed to be the most animated. He was upset. Demario Davis, you saw him get upset. He talked about being upset in the postgame uh, interview on the field with Lisa Salters. You could see it. And it was interesting that never did a Seattle player, uh, Shai Tuttle got into it. Demario got into it with a guy and Pete Werner pulled him away. The, the, the rookie pulled DeMario Davis away from talking after a big play. I don't know what Seattle was saying. I don't know what Seattle was doing. I think it was more so them doing cheap stuff afterwards, not really just saying something, but they were underneath the Saints' skin, and you saw it. And when I just look at it, I just find it amazing that never were the Seahawks penalized for any of these actions. If I was Sean, I'm, I'm going over there. I'm saying, look at what they're doing. I understand that, that Lattimore is wrong for retaliating and hitting him back. I get it. But it's not for no reason. Please be aware of the things that these guys are doing. And I just don't feel like the refs ever really were. Um, I, had, I had this meme or this picture I wanted to post on Instagram or on Twitter, excuse me. And it's just talking about how the refs were celebrating, but... I was too frustrated to really get into it. So now let's get into let's get into something that's a little bit more positive. I've talked about it. Number one, Pels win. 
Wasn't nobody really watching, but Pels won. I saw the final score. Didn't see any of the action, but I saw the final score. First uh, win of the of the season for my New Orleans Pelicans. Yes, I do claim the Pels. Um, I got some other side teams for real, but I, I am a, I'm a Pelican fan through and through. Don't get that twisted. Louisiana all the way, man. You know, LSU, they struggling. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Tiger. Go Tigers. Uh, for a couple more games, it's go Tigers like that. But, you know, I'm LSU through and through every year, 98 on. So shout out to my Pelicans. That's some good news. And before before we get out of here, let's get these game balls out of the way. Brian Johnson. Cody Parkey. No, no, no. Brian Johnson gets the, the, the game ball. I'm about to talk about Cody Parkey. Cody Parkey, Aldrich Rosas, Rosas. They will they didn't allow me to get comfortable when Brian Johnson stepped back to kick a field goal. And he made it. He's never kicked a field goal in the NFL. He made two today. He didn't miss an extra point. I, it felt good. I'm still waiting for old Lutz to come back, but it felt good that uh, it, it, it's like my expectations have been yanked down so far, so drastically by Rosas and Cody Parkey that the bare minimum of making a 33-yard field goal, like those field goals were like old extra points that he made. And I'm ecstatic. I'm through the roof because the Saints hadn't made a field goal since week one. It's been five weeks or five games, six weeks since they made a field goal. The last last time we were on the field against a football team that resides in Maryland, uh, I mean, excuse me, in the District of Columbia, we missed two extra points. Today, in not the best weather, you made two extra, you made one extra point and two field goals. So, yeah, you deserve a game ball for that. Um, Jameis, not the best game out of him, but you deserve a game ball for three reasons. One, that, that touchdown pass where he picked the ball up and threw the touchdown to AK, it was so silky smooth, man. That was a, that was a great play. He picked it up, scrambled to the right a little bit, tossed the ball to AK. I knew it was touchdown when it hit his hands. I knew it. He get a game ball for getting the Traquan Smith ass. And I don't know what happened. But I do know that Sean was sitting right there and didn't say a word. He didn't say a word. And that tells me Jameis was right. Jameis missed a, I thought he missed a tight end screen. I saw Sean ask him what happened. He explained it. Sean said, okay. I think the, the relationship that people are looking for, because I don't want to only talk about that storyline when it's bad. Let's talk about that storyline when it's good. And that storyline is, sounds like, okay, you saw that? All right. Ain't no hooped and hollering, but in that specific case, when it was Traquan Smith and Jameis yelling at each other, Sean said, all right, I'm going to let y'all handle it. And I think that's because Jameis was in the right. There's nothing to say. And you could tell Jameis has been getting fed up, you know, or just like a little irritated moments throughout the season. And today it was just like it, it, it spilled over. And he just couldn't hold it in anymore. And he, and he, and he got on him. And Traquan got back at him. And Jameis, his eyes got big. I don't know if it was a, oh, I didn't expect you to yell back at me now. But it felt it felt like Ether. You know what I'm saying? When, when how, how he started Ether, he was like, yo, I know you ain't talking about me. Like, you? What? Like, that. that's how it felt. Because when he said something, huh? You? I, I know you're not talking right now. Get open before you can say something to me. Because he, he, he was taking it back. His eyes got big. But he got right back to yelling like, Oh, that's what you think this is about to be? Oh, no, nah, it ain't that. 
Um, so yeah, special shout out to him for that because I, I felt like it was necessary. And sometimes I know he's a goofy guy, but sometimes you have to get like that with your guys. Like, yeah, we can be kumbaya, kuna matata, and, and, and sing by the campfire and whatnot. But you got to understand that when, when this game is going, I mean business, and we got to be about it. And, you know, sometimes you just got to, sometimes you got to get in, in, into a guy like that. You know what I mean? And then lastly, that throw to Callaway was great. The catch was great too, but the catch got talked about all on Monday Night Football. So I'm going to come on here and I'm going to talk about the throw because that was a great throw, great placement. I think it was necessary, and I know I know a lot of people aren't going to talk about that. They're going to talk more so about the catch because it was a toe tap, and it was a great catch. But I just want to talk about that. So those are the three reasons I gave him a, a game ball, even though it wasn't the best game in the world. Alvin Kamara gets a game ball simply for being the offense. That's it. Alvin Kamara had, I think, close to, if not over 200 yards. Like, yeah, he had close to. He had 179 yards today running in and receiving on 30 touches. Had 128 yards, and if I was uh, focused enough to do the, to do my pregame predictions or bowl predictions, my prediction was going to be that the Saints get a 100-yard receiver today. I didn't expect to be AK, so I'm not going to take too much credit for it. I thought it was going to be a receiver. I thought they were going to play better and throw better. But that's what you get credit for, for being the offense. You don't win this game without Alvin Kamara. He was the one bright spot. Him, him and James were the two bright spots on the offense. But obviously, Alvin Kamara just showed why he's one of the best backs in the league, being the fastest player by four games to reach 3,000 rushing yards and 3,000 receiving, 3, receiving yards. And then my last game ball goes to Demario Davis, because when I tell you that man played on another planet, I saw it click. I saw after he made that play and started yelling. That play that I referenced earlier where Pete Werner pulled him back, he was unstoppable after that. He played with a certain intensity. You heard him talk. Well, you didn't hear him talk, but I heard him talk after the game, and he, and he talked about how they were doing all that jibber-jabber, talking about the Seattle Seahawks. Now, he didn't appreciate that. They pissed the wrong guy off. You can piss off Lattimore, even though you got your number one receiver locked down because of it. You can piss off Malcolm Jenkins. You can piss off, you can piss off Traquan Smith. You can piss him off. He ain't going to do nothing about it, even though he did make a good play after I called him out. But Demario Davis was the wrong guy to make mad. Because he took it personal, and he started firing through the line. He was a heat-seeking missile. And every time, he made contact with the guy in the backfield. He should have had another one where he, he made contact with the running back about three, four yards behind the line of scrimmage. That dude, when he got mad, he was on another level. And it was because he was saying, just keep it between the whistle. And that's why I say I think they were doing dirty stuff. I think they were doing things to irritate the Saints. Not just saying stuff. DK Metcalf didn't say anything to Marshawn Lattimore. He punched him in the face on the first play of the game. He set the tone right then. This ain't bully ball. Lattimore lets up on the play. He goes and pushes him. That ain't, that ain't bully ball, bro. You're not tough. You're not tough for that. Don't think you are. He let up, and he want to push it, and he always want to play the victim. He want to go around grabbing face masks. One thing I'll say about Lattimore is he ain't never been soft on the field. Yes, that aggression got him two penalties. But when looking at it, you're never going to just punt Lattimore. It's, it's, it's a good thing in a, in a way, but it's also a bad thing because it can cost you. But let's get to Demario Davis. He's talking about playing between the whistle. They ain't do that. They talked a lot, all that jibber-jabber. He ain't like that. But he said some other things that I thought was really great. He said this team plays with grit and that they like playing in this weather. And if that doesn't just 
scream out the difference in this team as opposed to other squads that the New Orleans Saints have put on the field in the Peyton era. They like this type of nasty weather. Let's let's run. Let's hit you. They like that now. You know, and, and before you say anything about it being Geno Smith, Geno Smith has played competitive against the, the, the Los Angeles Rams and against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So they like this now, and that, that was telling to me. But the biggest and most telling statement that, that Demario Davis made in his whole post-game presser, the one that's on the field, not the one that he does with the media from the Saints, but the one with Lisa Salters, was when he first walked up to Jameis. I don't know if it was planned for him to get into the interview or not. He walked up to Jameis and he said, keep leading, boy. Keep leading. That told me a lot about who DeMario is. It told me a lot about who Jameis is in that locker room. I already knew who DeMario was. But I don't know if he was supposed to join the interview because Lisa had to pull him back. But he stopped by and told him, keep being a leader. He motivated the people. You know, we see these things with Jameis and everything we see around Jameis is goofy. Whether that's doing karaoke, doing it, you know, doing sword fighting before the game or... Or, or just looking at the, uh, in Deontay Harris's eyes and stooping down so he can be eye level. We see that. But Demario Davis's comments and telling him to keep leading immediately after the game, and especially in a game where the offense wasn't great, tells me everything I need to know about Jameis Winston. He has that that locker room, no doubt about it. He has that locker room, and he is well respected in that locker room. Demario then says something about. I know if we, if we lock down, we can get his offense. They're going to do something. I said, all right. We just watched that offense put up 13 points and struggle to do it. Great leader. Stand behind your guys at all moments. I love DeMario Davis, man. That guy is playing out of his mind. And I love it. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care who you are, that's the wrong guy to piss off. <laughs> and y'all know the drill. To the next time y'all hear me, it's been Darian Gray, the mouth of the South. But knee, blessed. I'm mad, but the Saints got to win, baby.